Today on Run With Horses, I'm joined by my son Cameron, who just returned from a trip to Bolivia. Looking forward to hearing all the things that God taught him. Well, my name's Norman, and my goal is to help you run your race well, not just surviving, but thriving as a disciple of Jesus. There are a lot of things you can do in your life, but I don't think anything compares with following Jesus and joining Him on His mission of bringing hope to the nations. So thanks for including me on your journey. And today, we have Cameron, and he has been part of that bringing hope to the nations as he traveled to Bolivia to take part in a medical missions trip. So I suppose first, can you tell us who you went with, how long, and kind of the big purpose behind the trip? Yeah, so it was with the organization called known as MMO, or Medical Missions Outreach. And they have several trips, I guess, throughout the year, and there are several full-time missionaries that go with them. Um, on this particular trip, they had two main clinics, where they had the medical clinic and optical clinic. So they're treating people's sickness or illnesses and also giving them uh, glasses that were donated to them whether it's reading glasses, normal glasses or bifocal and giving them their prescriptions Um, yeah so how they kind of work is they will treat the people treat their physical needs but then they also make sure that after whether it's after their physical needs are met or right before they give them their medication that they go and talk to some of the nationals that can speak their language and they explain the gospel to them. Okay. So this was not your first trip out of the United States because we've been back and forth to Japan quite often, but this was your first trip to a new country where you didn't really know the language and you went by yourself. So just taking a step back from maybe the more details of the trip, what was it like for you to go by yourself on this trip where you you didn't know anybody (laughs) until you got there to Bolivia? You didn't know the people with the MMO, you didn't know Spanish, you didn't know anybody in Bolivia. So how was that for you? Um, it wasn't as bad as I initially thought, I guess. I was more most concerned about being able to find everything and getting there, but I think we'd done that enough traveling back and forth from Japan that I sort of knew what to look for and I, the signs were easy to read and so I could get everywhere well enough. The only problems, I guess, you would consider is once I got to Panama City, on the way to Bolivia, then I wasn't sure. Like I, they told other people about like going through customs and stuff, and some people and I was getting confused whether I needed to do that or not. So I ended up going down to the customs office and asking if I needed to do that or not. Of course, only one person out of the you know six spoke English, so <laughs> that was a little interesting. <laughs> but I figured out okay, I didn't need to go through customs and just went back to the gate, and everything was okay. <laughs> right. So, how much Spanish had you studied by the time you went? Um, very little. I don't know, just be able to say basic phrases that aren't very helpful in normal situations. <laughs> and you didn't find too many people in Japan to speak Spanish with. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. All right, so why did you want to go on this trip? Well, I know for just one thing, it's, I know it's always, everyone always says, you know, if you go on the mission trip, it'll change your life. And I know a lot of people talk of it as, it's really good, helpful as far as growing and you can see, kind of be able to see things you normally wouldn't be in situations you normally wouldn't be. And you can see different perspectives. And I thought it'd be interesting to see a different uh, way of doing missions than what we have in Japan, which is a totally different country. So they have different people, different needs, I guess. But then, so that was kind of one motivation. But then the other one would be that I'm upping and getting the EMT license this spring. So 
medical missions as something I could legitimately do in the future. So it's kind of, I guess, testing the water sea. You know, is this something I could be interested in? What is this like? How would I do this if I wanted to? So how did it work that way for you? That when you went, did you feel like it was worthwhile? Did it help you see your your life and gifts and future differently? Yeah, I think a lot of it is just like kind of you're thinking about it from a different way, thinking like, oh, if I was good, I could actually do this, you know. I, being there this time was like, I didn't feel very helpful because I couldn't do a lot. But I mean, obviously, they need people. And if I wasn't there, my job wouldn't have been done because there just weren't enough people to do it. But, but I could see how the more, if you could actually have some medical training, that you could be a, more of a help. And it is really helpful to the people there, you can see. Hmm. So for you personally and your spiritual journey, your spiritual walk, what did you learn or did you learn anything on this trip? Was it primarily about just uh, how medicine works in there or did God teach you things? I know it was just one random day in the middle of doing the clinics that uh, just like watching this like older lady who was getting her <laughs> eyes checked. So reading the charts and I was just like, I guess I was struck, which you'd think you'd get this in Japan too, but just how like all people are they're just people, you know, they may look different, have different cultures, but they're all just like, elementally, they're all the same, you know. And I think it's easy to um, misunderstand that, especially when you don't speak the same language, you just kind of go, oh, well, they're different. So you just put them in like a different category, even if you're not really thinking about it. But how, you know, when you can see them, you know, when they're getting, whether they're getting glasses or things and how they, you know, they smile and they can finally see again and you just realize, you know, they're really just normal people like everyone else. And if you could talk, if you knew their language, you could talk to them just like anyone else and they have the same feelings as everyone else. <laughs> it's just really not, you just get, I guess, turned aside from how they, oh, they look different. So you just kind of, you put them in a slightly different mental category where it's really, it's like everyone's the same. And then you, that goes the same for the, the body of Christ, how you really, you're all pursuing the same thing, even though, you know, maybe everything else in your life is different. <laughs> yep, it's true. Okay, so let's get down maybe a little bit to the trip. You went with MMO and they joined with a church in Bolivia. So what was their role in helping this church? Um, so they... I mean, first of all, they we went and they had like a practice clinic at the beginning before any clinic started so they can kind of test out how, where the sick placing is going to go and how they're going to do it with the people here. And so during that time, since they kind of, they want to practice, so they did all the church members first, obviously. So they give the church members all, any care they might need first. <laughs> and then um, obviously any converts or whatever, they're all there. This time they said they tried really hard to get all their contact information so they could follow up after everyone is gone. Because so I said the last time the medical missions was in Bolivia, they didn't do as well with the follow up. So that like some people went to their church after the missions team left, but a lot of people they just kind of lost, even though they said they made professions of faith. But yeah, definitely it gives them a lot more contacts that uh, for them to follow up on later. So this same church had a medical missions team before. Yes. So it is a a fairly new church. Is that right? Um. It sounds like the church has been around for a while, but they've always been like renting or borrowing buildings. And so they've have kind of been moving around a whole lot. And they said they finally got a building where they feel like, oh, we can, we can feel like we can stay here and say, come here, you know, instead mm -hmm. of being kind of nebulous. Right. So this helped them introduce the new, more permanent location to the community, to the city. Yeah. And 
in some ways, like I got the impression that we were going to be doing the clinic in the church building more than we did. We did the practice clinic in the church, but most of it was in a, a school that we used. That was a different location. Okay. But it's still the church members. Yes. Yeah. And all the, I think there were a lot of church members that were, were there as interpreters and in the evangelism rooms. Okay. All right. So well, it's good that the the church recognized the need to d- do better with follow-up. I think that's something even in America, sometimes we have visitors come, uh, or in Japan, you have visitors come, you don't always connect with them really well. So that is an important part of it. And that's something with so many people coming through the clinic, as you said, how many came through? Yeah, we treated uh, 1,700 people. Yeah, 1,700 week. people in a week. That'd be easy to lose a lot of people. <laughs> so how many church members were part of it? Do you know that? I don't know the exact number. It was, might have been around 20 would be higher number, I guess. I don't really know. Okay. It's, it's hard to keep track of who is who. Because <laughs> there definitely were some other people that came just for the, like, I know one of our translators was, our interpreters was just there for, he wanted to practice his English. And he, I think he wants to be an interpreter mm-hmm. as a career. So this was a really good chance for him, he thought. Okay. All right. So what exactly did you do during this time? Um, so in the optical room, I was doing, a, uh, it's called a tonometer, but it test, basically tests people's eye pressure for glaucoma. So you could see if, oh, if it's a little high, then I would give them a slip that they should take to an optometrist so they can check out because it could mean they had have, could have some sort of disease or illness. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was basically this little handheld tool that has a little probe that would poke them in the eye a little bit to get the reading. It's just slightly uncomfortable for them, but... <laughs> You could tell then, like, I think there's only one person who said, I'm glad you came to Bolivia, like to me. But I think everyone else got that because they were doing more fun things. But <laughs> I was kind of surprised because I, I was like, obviously, it's one thing to thank someone who's giving you glasses so you can see another person to thank the one who's poking you in the eye. But I thought that was a nice sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for poking me in the eye. <laughs> yeah. All right. So as you think about the future and you're you're planning to get an EMT license in the spring um, and then are you already thinking about taking another trip like this? Yeah um, after seeing what the people are doing and uh, just being around them I maybe definitely want to see if I could once I get more medical training to then go back and actually use it some and see how that is mm-hmm. and yeah I was kind of hoping if I was going to be more in the medical side this time but it just didn't work out that way but all right. Is that be interested in seeing? Yeah. yeah, it's probably hard when you don't have much to offer to the medical side. You don't <laughs> yeah. get to hang around and just watch. So you have to fill a need where there is one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, once you have your EMT license, it'll open more doors. Mm-hmm. So, so as you think about going forward, you know, you're at the moment you're planning to get an EMT in the spring until you'll finish that, like in May, I think is when you'll be done. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. So then what are your plans after that? Well, it kind of depends on what sort of trip I could line up. And yes, the main factors I'm thinking of is I would like to go on another trip. And then also I'm not sure how my finances will be if I have to work that summer. Mm-hmm. So it'll just be kind of how much time I have, how much time I think I need to work. But yeah, I would like to go. And then you'll go back to school. Yeah, from there I would go to Faith Baptist Bible College and then probably be working as an EMT during that, I would think. Mm-hmm. So for those people who have kind of followed along with our family, you know, we've had a lot of transitions this year where 
we went to Japan in January, planning to be there for the next two to three, four years. And we ended up coming back the 1st of March. Uh, for some of us, you didn't come back until June. But for all of us right now, we're kind of in a transition and looking toward what's next. So in this time of transition and new things, going on a missions trip, going overseas by yourself, even having the time in Japan where you're, you, know, you and Chloe were there without me and mom there. What is God teaching you in all of this kind of transition and newness? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of it is just like knowing that if I am not keeping up on my spiritual growth, it's just not going to happen. And so it's kind of, you feel the more pressure, I guess, in that way, which I mean, it's not like it's so hard things to do, but just that, you know, if I, it's easy, you know, to think of, oh, I need to do this, I have other things going on, but if I'm not uh, purposely trying to keep it, you know, I'm, I'm going to need to keep doing things that'll help me grow. If, I, if I'm not the one who's pushing me to do that, no one else is going to be pushing me to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of in something I've been thinking about and I've talked a little bit about on the show here, but, you know, it just our physically we grow from an infant to a child to an adult and that transition from a child to an adult, the big part that stands out, the thing that, that is the biggest difference is the responsibility. And that's kind of what you're talking about. You're, you have to be responsible for your spiritual life. You know, it's no one else can do that. And it's important to recognize that. And it is, it is a matter of being consistent with the little things that they're not always exciting. You know, you don't learn awesome things every day, every time you read the Bible. You know, you don't always have every week really cool, interesting stuff to do ministry-wise. But you have to be faithful in the little things. And then you're you're present and ready for the times when God gives you those really cool things. So. Yeah, and I guess one of the other things um, that I guess I've been seeing through all this is like kind of like what I've said before about how, you know, this, nowhere in this world should be our home. Our home should be at heaven because that never changes and anything down here can change. <clears throat> but just that, you know, since we've been moving around so much, um, we haven't had like a, just like, a, oh, we're going to stay here for a long time anywhere <laughs> for quite a while, seems like now. But in just traveling around like that, um, then now going down the mission trip and thinking more about missions, it's easier to see how, oh, you know, I could actually do this because I don't feel like I have anywhere where I'm tied down now. So it felt more like I could actually think about it more freely, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've all been unsettled and our anchor has been cut. And now we, we have no idea what the future holds, which is always true. But I think it's very easy to put down a couple of anchors and try to attach yourself so you have something that feels stable when really that should be our anchor with God. We should be anchored to Him and He's always stable it doesn't matter where we live or where we go or what he asks us to do. He's the rock that's unchanging, not our location or our language or the culture we live in and or the job we do. All those things should be able to change as God moves us. But it's hard, I think, in general for all of us to embrace change on a consistent basis, even though that we should. Yeah. It's one thing to say, oh, yeah, we need to change. We like change. But then it's another thing when you actually have to change. <laughs> <laughs> when you're confronted with a change, it's a little harder. So, 
Yeah. It's easy to think about change. It's hard to stop doing some things and start doing new things. <laughs> mm-hmm. So your what's your biggest takeaway from your trip to Bolivia? You had one thing that's like, this was the one thing it was worth it because of this. Well, I guess um, one thing you always hear about is like, you don't want to, if people try to stay away from like prosperity gospel and things where like, you don't want to just help them, help their physical needs because then that leaves them not really much better off in the long term. Um but just kind of even seeing like these people like in Bolivia, what the missionary was saying was that a lot of the healthcare there, they have people who are like maybe in the office, you know, a few days a week, maybe they're not, you don't really know. So you just kind of, maybe you show up and maybe you, maybe they are ready to treat you and, and maybe they're just not there at all. You know, it's like very inconsistent. And then even when they are treating you, they're, you know, maybe not getting paid very well. So they're just kind of like, ah, oh, you know, quick do it. And they don't really care about you. And so they said, even just being here and seeming like you actually care about the people as you're treating them is just huge to the people. And it is a, a good, really good testimony for them because all the healthcare people they know just don't really care about them. So seeing even these foreigners come and they seem like they're really um, caring, care about how well they're doing, what they're doing. And so that kind of, you think of it, even just that you are just going to help their needs. And, but even if you don't do anything else, you are still impacting them toward God and it's not just like a prosperity gospel and obviously you know we're trying to help them in the spiritual sense as much as we can but it just it it was amazing to me I guess how much your attitude really does make a difference Mm -hmm. yeah that's true in everything that we do the way that we do what we do is part of the way that we glorify God in doing the mundane things you know you can wash dishes and glorify God in that or you can wash the dishes and the dishes get clean. <laughs> and I think a lot of times that's the way we live life. We have things that we have to do and we struggle through to do them and we're done, but we don't actually do them in a way where we're intentionally recognizing this is part of my service to God. When I, you know, put gas in mom's car, um, when I help a neighbor with a project or, you know, all those things, done with the right heart, that really is a way of glorifying God. And it often can lead to to conversations that are um, verbally pointing people toward God, which is always important. I mean, we can have, it's not true that we can just help someone without saying anything. I think I like the way that this uh, group worked because they had the church members there and and they're very active in trying to build those connections and reaching out to people with the gospel. And they're the ones who have that opportunity for an ongoing relationship. So I don't know how many people in MMO spoke Spanish, but even if all of you spoke perfect Spanish, you kind of have a limited relationship. Mm-hmm. So even if you get an opportunity to share your testimony, that's great. And that's a seed that's planted, but it's really the church that that is going to have that opportunity to follow up. So I, mm-hmm. I, I like that they try real hard to have those follow-up contacts and be intentional about um, sharing the gospel there, but also making sure there's an opportunity to go forward to that. Yeah, I know that was one of the things I was kind of impressed how they said that they basically what they said was no matter where they go, if there's no church, they're not going. And which then also means they go to some interesting places. Like they were telling us about one of the other trips they went to in Mongolia, which is this, it's the middle of nowhere, but it's this young couple that started a small church. And so they went, you know, <laughs> So, it's, you know, you know, it's not always these big churches, but it's wherever the, there's the missionary there who's mm-hmm. having some sort of follow-up, then that's, that's the only time they go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. Um, particularly, they're not going to know the, all the languages around the world. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't have somebody there, you, you can meet some physical needs, but 
you can't even necessarily know that you're going to be able to say this is because of what Jesus did for us. I mean, if you mm-hmm. can't even say that much, then you're really, you're meeting a physical need, but you want to look for the opportunity to meet the spiritual need too. So, so this trip, you learned a little bit about missions, but about particularly medical missions. Um, did you learn anything about yourself? I feel like a lot of it is just like, the more you get out and do things where you're just by yourself and no one else is looking after you really, then the more you realize how much you can do. And I guess like it builds more confidence and like, Hey, I did that. And that's just by myself. <laughs> and I guess then obviously you're also relying more on God because you're like, was a time, there are times when you feel like, Oh, you know, I didn't know I could do that, but I could. And there are times you feel like, man, there's no way I can do this. But then when you're relying on God, then you realize, Oh, you know, he allowed me so that I could do it. And I guess that's something that you don't you don't learn if you don't do anything different. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's hard to grow when you're at home or even in your home church. Like people who grew up in a home church, not necessarily your family, like you grew up with, with us as missionaries in Japan, but people who grew up in the same church and other people are primarily the ones doing ministry and doing things. Um, you're not always confident that you can do it. But part of going into adulthood is recognizing that God has called me to be responsible for me, but also to be responsible for the people. And I can do ministry. God has given me gifts. And a lot of things are scary just because they're unknown. And I think so many people are afraid of so many things. And it really goes back to, well, they haven't tried. They're not sure how this will work out. So they let fear keep them from ever figuring out how it might work out. They're not willing to try it. But when you try it, you expand your horizons, you expand your ability for God to use you. And I think a lot of times that's how you find out what your spiritual gifts are. So one of the things that I advise young people particularly, you need to try lots of different kinds of ministry because you don't know when you're going to try something and go, wow, I love that. But you were kind of hesitant to start because you don't know anything about it. But when you do it and you go, oh, that was awesome. Or quite often the, the thing that happens is you, tr- you do something, you realize, hey, I'm good at this but you'd never know if you don't try it. So you you have gifts. Uh, all of the, the church has gifts, but often we're scared to use them. So we don't know what we can do, what we can't do. So I, I really think a church should look at their young people and say, we want all the young people to try basically every kind of ministry we can imagine, <laughs> <laughs> whether our church really actively does it or not, just to give everyone those opportunities to examine themselves and say, how has God created me and put me together? And what are the gifts that I have to build up the church and be part of the mission of Jesus to the world? But that getting out and being afraid, uh, getting out and not being afraid to try new things, it really is a big part of that. It's part of growing up. (laughs) So you're getting ready then come back from Bolivia, you'll get your EMT, and you're getting ready to go to to Bible college. So kind of quickly here at the end, uh, what are your thoughts as you get ready to go to Bible college? You've been homeschooled, and you haven't had, now this is your first real experience where you've gone off without mom and dad. So this will be your second one to go off and have a little more responsibility and on your own. So how are you thinking about college and all the things to come? Yeah, I think it's made it a little better doing it online. So I feel like I know some of the people there and we've been there a few times. So I kind of kind of feel like I imagine, oh, yeah, how would it be to actually live here? Um, yeah, I think a big part of it is that 
I don't know what I need to know. So I'm not really worried about it because, I mean, if there's something that I know, oh, you're going to need to do this in Bible college, like, oh, no, you know, then I could be more worried about that. But I don't really know what it's going to be like. So I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I feel like maybe Chloe knows more about it than she's more nervous or maybe she's just more nervous, but I don't really know. (laughs) Yeah, I think she's just more nervous. I think that's a good attitude. I think some people are nervous because they don't know. So they, they end up worrying about things that don't really ever come. And they're, they're worried about things that are unknown. And then they end up being, oh, there was nothing to worry about. I think the better attitude is I'm not going to worry about it until it's sitting in front of me and they go, oh, I probably should worry about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like all, all the things that I know I need to do, I'm not worried about any of those. So <laughs> I feel like there's probably a lot of stuff that I'm missing. But <laughs> Yeah, probably not so much. I, I really feel like even... You know, I went to Mississippi State and went off as an 18-year-old and didn't know anybody. And I took off in a truck that I wasn't sure would get me there. And I didn't know, yeah, I didn't know anything. But you just, uh, you take each day as it comes. And I've always found, you know, you, you meet people along the way. And a lot of the journey, that's really what the Christian life is. It's this journey and you meet different parts of God's family along the way. You meet different people who are not part of God's family that we're supposed to influence along the way. And really, I think sometimes we focus too much on accomplishing certain things or on doing well at things, when really when we stand before God at the end of our life, I don't think those things are going to matter. It is, it's going to be those relationships that we have and the people that we helped along the way, the people we served along the way. It's not going to matter what your grades are. You know, I... I don't even remember what my grades are my first year when I started at Mississippi State. I don't even remember what classes I took. I don't know if I used anything that I learned. I'm not sure if I learned anything. That's not what God's going to ask me. Mm-hmm. I do still know some of the people that I met. I do, I do still know some of the spiritual lessons that I learned. And the same thing, I went on and went to Mississippi State and worked in a master's. And I don't... I remember a little more of what I studied then, but what really stands out from that time period is some of the people that I met and some of the relationships that I built and some of the things that God taught me in that time. So really, as you think about going, whether it's to a new job or to a new school, I think when you're done, what will matter the most are those spiritual lessons and the people that God brings into your life that you carry those relationships on with you into the future. Yeah, I feel like I'm just thinking another thing that maybe I know I've practiced in Bolivia where this, I mean, they went on like a zip line afterward. That was a little scary for me, but I feel like this is something that I've practiced while doing karate. And it's the, where it's like you have the whole two hour class or whatever. And if you, someone hit the teacher has sat down and told you everything you were going to do from the beginning, this is what we're going to do this whole two hour class. You'd be like, oh, you know, I'm, I couldn't do that. That'd be too hard. But just somehow, you start doing it and you don't know what's going to happen, but, and you know, he'll keep saying, okay, next because this. And you're like, oh, there's more, you know, but you, you, I guess you're just practicing that. Well, you know, this is what we're doing and you can't just stop. So you it's just like, well, it's here. So I just have to do it. And I feel like that's something we practice a lot in karate. And then I think that's a, maybe a useful skill <laughs> too, because there's times where it's like, you know, it might be hard and you're looking at it, you're like, oh no, but you're just like, well, I just have to do it. And then so just practicing, just doing it, I guess. Yeah, it's good to, do the things that are in front of us. And I guess that's a good place to end. All of us have things where God's calling us to to obedience, to follow Him. And my goal in doing this show is to help 
uh, those of you who are listening to to really thrive as a follower of Jesus, to understand what it means to follow him better and to grow as a follower. So whatever you do, keep running. <laughs>